0: Hello, people. Welcome to another episode of Collins Corner! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, what? With I thought it was called Collins
1: colloquial conversations.
0: Ah, oh, we changed the name because the other one was too hard to say.
1: Yep, uh, we did change the name thanks to some of our loyal <laughs> listeners. Uh, they, they advise that maybe changing the name might be a good idea. Yes. Uh, I don't think many people knew what colloquial meant. Uh-uh. And to be fair, Colin, do you know what colloquial means right now? Nope, do you? Nope, we had to look it up. Yep. So, anyways, yes, this is the first episode where we have rebranded it to...
2: Colin's Corner. Colin's Corner,
1: short and catchy. Mm, sounds good, sounds good. Yes. Colin, we've got a very special episode today, don't
0: we? Yes, we're doing
1: an interview. We're doing a very first interview... For this podcast. That's super exciting. Colin, who do we have the pleasure of interviewing today? Mr.
0: Ben Weaver, owner and trainer at Epic Coaching and Training, where Ben specializes in strength and endurance training programs for youth and young adults.
1: Well, that sounds fantastic. Big shout out to Ben Weaver for being willing to take some time out of his busy schedule. To come be on the show.
0: Yeah, my mom and I go to his gym every day, and he's awesome.
1: That's right. You guys go, well, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? Yes. You guys get a good workout in. Yeah. Uh, I think many people here in Columbus, Indiana probably know Ben. Yes. He's uh, he's a great man. Uh, he really excels in physical fitness. Yes. Um, and kind of like Colin said, he's busy with a number of different things, but... He very graciously agreed to be on this podcast and kind of tell
0: his story. It's an yeah. awesome story too.
1: Yeah, yeah, so this is a local talent here, a small town at Columbus, Indiana, yes. and we have the great privilege to put the spotlight on one of its uh, members of the community. And I gotta tell you, this is, this is a great story. Yes. Like I said, I think Colin and I agree, this is a man of great physical strength, but also he's got a lot of emotional strength to show, and his story uh, I think will be able to touch a lot of people. So, yes. this is super exciting. Again, I think I want to say a big thank you to Ben Weaver. D- yes. Uh, it was such an honor to have him as our first guest. And I don't know about you, Colin, but I think he sets the bar pretty high <laughs> for future guests. So yes. Anyways, without further ado.
0: Enjoy. This is Colin Brewer of Colin Brewer's Colloquial Conversations. I'm with uh, Mr. Ben Weaver, a personal trainer here in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, how are you doing today, Ben?
3: I'm doing great, Colin. Thanks for having me today. Yep.
0: What uh, I just like to know some of your story. What inspired you to excel in physical fitness?
3: Uh, That's a that's a long, long, long story, Um, and not not a story I share often. Yeah. Uh, I have been. Well, let me back up a little bit. So, what I do professionally now is is I own. Uh, a small business called Epic Coaching and Training where I focus on uh, training kids and adults in the gym, uh, primarily in strength training, uh, adults and everyday people uh, and athletes, as well as uh, high school-aged athletes and and, uh, weekend warrior type of individuals. Um, I've had... Epic for probably 14, 15 years, something like that. Um, I graduated from Purdue with a degree in exercise yeah. science uh, long, long time ago, back in 1991. And didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do right out of school. So um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, a contact with a group of orthopedic surgeons in mm-hmm. town and at that time, they owned Sportmed, which was a physical therapy clinic in town, and was able to get hired on there and work in the field of physical therapy, more in their their functional restoration program, which is their was their basically their strength training program. So I would I would utilize my skill sets and in taking injured pa- or patients that are recovering from injuries and put them into the gym and put them on a strength training program and that type of thing. So that uh, that career evolved to where uh, several several years after I got I had an interest in health clubs and wanted to go possibly into the into the health club industry and was hired on as a fitness director of actually two facilities. Yep. I was I was hired on at Tipton Lakes Athletic Club. And at that time, back in those, back in that time, they, they also were uh, co-owners of the Seymour Health and Fitness Club. So I would split my time back and forth between those two facilities. Uh, was there for several years, and then after that, I got into the recreational industry. So everything's kind of staying under this what what I consider this allied health field, yep. right? Uh, with a little bit of medicine, a little bit of fitness, and a little bit of recreation. I was. Uh, went and took a position in Recreation Management and Facilities Management at Sierra Park for Cummins Engine at that time Uh, and was in charge of all the recreation facilities as well as all the employees that uh, the summertime employees the full-time employees that would that would work within the facilities as well as the programming and then I was in charge of the programming of the youth baseball program or the adult basketball program and those type of things. So I would say that 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 the, the medical end of it, and the fitness end of it, and the recreational end of it probably was about gosh a twelve thirteen year period. Yeah. Uh, and then I just you know at one point I got this this desire to. I always tell my wife that i just got tired of working yeah. for the man right yeah i was yeah. just i was just this independent-minded guy and fitness i'll get back to kind of how i started with that but the fitness end of it was really of interest to me at that point yeah. and and i thought of of i was trying to think of ways that i could uh start a business on my own be independent and not have to work for For another company yeah and so I came up with this personal training idea and was able to reach out to one of the clubs and and uh, start you know just getting my feet wet it was very helpful that uh, I was from Columbus and so I was able to kind of capture a, a small group of people that would start with me and let it grow from there yeah so but back to your original question in terms of how I got interested when I was in college uh, I, took a, I took a big interest in weightlifting. I was a baseball player in college. Yeah. I was a football and baseball player in high school and then ended up going to Purdue to play baseball. And so uh, I, I became really good friends with the strength and conditioning coach that we had. And that really drew me into the weight room. I would say that that brought my interest into the fitness world. Which kind of led me to my, you know, getting interested in exercise physiology in school and, and kind of branching out and seeing what I wanted to do from uh, as a career. Yeah. So, uh, but personally, if this is where we kind of want to go with this as 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 Ben Weaver and how his lifestyle and how that that is evolved over time. Yeah. This is this is kind of the big story and um, something that I haven't shared a lot with people. Yeah, but I, you know, it's. I think this is a, a really good opportunity for 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 others to hear my voice and share my story yeah. in terms of where I am now, turning fifty two on yeah. Friday, April thirtieth. Oh, hey. uh, yeah. yeah, right. All right. <laughs> uh, and how how that. You know, how I am and how I live my life today was not how I was living my life when I was 17, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, to kind of look back over that time frame when I was, uh, I grew up with three brothers, three older brothers. I'm the youngest of four, mom and dad and uh we were a really close-knit family yeah uh in terms of the how the brothers were kind of spaced i'm the youngest i have an older brother who's eight years older than i am i have a brother who's a year older than i am and then i have a brother who uh, was seven years so there were kind of pairs yes which was really cool my oldest brother was the jock in the family like myself i grew up i started playing baseball when i was five years old and like I said, I played baseball all the way through college, yeah. so I was heavily involved in some form of baseball and football yeah. my entire adolescence and even up into my early adulthood. That's just the way the Weaver household operated. My oldest brother was exactly the same way. Yeah. My two middle brothers were more of like the outdoorsy type, yeah. and those two were close. And my, the youngest and the oldest, my oldest brother, were close because we had those similarities. So uh, my, my dad uh, and I were very, very close growing up, as well as I, when I signed my scholarship to Purdue, it was the, the pride and excitement he had that he was going to be able to watch his son go off and play Big Ten baseball, that he was going to be able to attend Big Ten athletics as a parent of an yeah. athlete that played in the Big Ten was a really special time for he and I, and and my mom as well. So, uh, in 19, let's see, I graduated high school in 1987. So, in the the fall of 1987, I head off to my freshman year of college at Purdue. And right away, we are starting fall baseball, uh, where we're, we're training seven days a week and hours on end, hours on end and was really getting into the groove. And so we go through the fall. I get introduced to winter baseball, which is our indoor practice. We go to Thanksgiving, right? We, yeah. we go home for Thanksgiving. As soon as we get back for Thanksgiving, yeah. we're in, indoors getting ready to start our winter baseball to get ready for spring training. So while I was home my freshman year for Thanksgiving, that was in 1987, my dad was stricken with pneumonia really bad. But at that time, I, had no, I, didn't, I, I wasn't comprehending how bad it was. I knew he was sick. And just if you're 18 years old and your dad is sick, you just assume that they're going to get better, right? Mm-hmm. So I spent that Thanksgiving. It was just a week. I spent that Thanksgiving out and about with friends. And I'd come home at night and I could hear him you know, just in really distress and discomfort as he's trying to get through this, this pneumonia. Um, and just a, a really tough time. And like I said, I, I, I would go, I would come home at night, you know, maybe with some friends and hang out with him for a little bit. And then uh think I got to go to bed. And so I'd go to bed and I would assume he'd be better in the morning and just kind of, I was just that typical kid, you know, dad's going to be all right. We're we'll move on. So I leave and I head back to school for for the end of the semester in winter baseball. And he is kind of going in and out of his health. He gets better, he gets a little worse, he gets better. And um, it was the same, kind of the same thing as I went home for winter break. He was really starting to go downhill. And And all I kept thinking about it was just, it was pneumonia, right? Yeah, I mean, which could be tragic. In itself but again I was in a position where it re- he's still relatively young he was yeah. 50 he's my age yeah he's 52 and I'm thinking that he's gonna heal he's gonna get better and so uh, he did he was seemed to be a little bit more bedridden at that point when I was home for for Christmas um, left to go back to school for spring semester and I, we, start, we start training outdoors in March, and um, one day, I'm at practice. This, was, this had to be March 24th. March 24th, I remember standing at first base, and our, the way our baseball field sits, you could kind of look up this hill up to the road, which is the main entrance to the baseball complex. And I remember seeing my coach's secretary. Flying down the road towards the baseball fields, and I'm not thinking twice. I just noticed because she was driving me fast, and she gets out of her car, runs over to our head coach, and says something. And then all of a sudden, he waves me over. And um, all he said was, "Your dad's been sent to the hospital in Indianapolis. Your brother and his wife are on their way to pick you up." So I had at that point, excuse me. At that point, I had no idea what was what was happening. Yeah. Um, I hadn't talked to my mom or anything. I haven't talked to any of my brothers, and I would just I just waited. I uh, went back to my dorm room. My brother came to pick me up. We drove to Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis. And this is, again, I don't turn 19 until the next month, right? I'm yeah. 18 years old, yeah. just off to college. Mm. He picks me up. We get to the hospital probably 11 o'clock at night. And the first place they take me is in the ICU. And my dad's in a coma. So I spent the last two times I saw my dad was Thanksgiving. And I saw him over Christmas. And both times he was in agony, ill. And the next thing you know, I see him in the ICU in a coma. So... I saw my mom, obviously she was distraught, and um, I tried to get some indication of what was happening i knew I knew they had him under because he was on some medication and they were trying to get his body to rest and i remember I remember vividly that the i u national championship game was on in his room um uh, yep where I think Key Smart hit that last minute buzzer beater to win the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah yep. Uh, and uh, so we, got, we kind of got everything all squared away in terms of what was happening with him, what my mom was gonna do that night, where we should be, and the doctor had told us at that point that you guys could probably go home, get some rest, you guys come back tomorrow so my brothers and i load up in the car um, at that point i was staying at a friend's house that night i had to find a, a quick place to stay so my brother dropped me off at that house i walk in the door the phone rings and it's my mom saying you better get back up here so I, we weren't home 30 seconds and we flipped the car went straight back to methodist hospital arrived about midnight and my dad had passed away Without us there, without him awake, without a, ever saying goodbye. Uh, It's—I mean—it's been, um, yeah, it's—it's it's been a long time that that's happened, but it's still—it's still pretty darn fresh, you know sure. what I mean, when For you sure. start to sit down and think about it. Yeah. So, uh, again sharing all these is just giving you and giving everybody sort of some context about what was happening in my life, uh, emotionally and physically, what was happening in my life, um, to be able to see what my trajectory has been. So Mm -hmm. at 18 years old, I am... I lose my dad. And I I just... I. I just sort of, um, I went numb to the world and I, I just, I, I went, my grades started to suffer. I started to sabotage myself in terms of behaviors and,
0: yeah.
3: and, um, decisions I was making. You know, I, I didn't know if it was because I didn't have a dad telling me what to do or I was just yeah. angry at the situation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right? <laughs> or angry at the situation, or lost. Or I, I mean, I, had, I, had, I didn't really have anyone. I, I always, I, in my mind's eye, I, I grew up really quick at 18 years old, and I've been on my own since I was 18. Wow. My mom, who is an absolute warrior, um, is, is still alive, still with me, lives in Ohio. Um, it was basically just she and I. And I'll explain why here in just a few, but it was, it really was a matter you know, my mom's battle was to keep Ben in school. My battle was, I didn't know what my battle was. You know, I was just, I didn't know what my focus should be school. I didn't know what my focus should be having fun, should be lashing out at life. Uh, Where am I, what am I looking for in life, right? I I really, 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 I just look back at that time and think, where where was I putting my energy? And where was I going to focus? And I look at it now as an adult and think, I have no idea how I came out of that, right? Just that situation. I'm talking March 25th in 1988. How do I get out of that situation? Because that's my reality is now I'm now without my dad. So i struggled in school i i continued to play baseball there wasn't going to be an option i um, i was in a position i was not in a position where i could not have athletics and go to school at the same time it was it was important for my family that i was able to get some financial help and signed a scholarship to play at purdue so for me to say to throw baseball to the wayside wasn't even an option yeah. so i had to, i had to find a way to stay engaged into baseball stay engaged into school yeah um and then things like when i would come home from the summer i needed a place to stay my mom had moved to ohio to be close to her family right. I spent every summer not coming home to my parents' house. I spent every summer trying to find the next friend that I could stay with Wow I'd go back to school, and the next summer, who was the next friend that was going to be able to let me stay with them for the summer
1: they were They're
3: i was alone. I felt like I felt like I didn't have a home at that time wow. so i'm I'm sitting here navigating this world at now nineteen and twenty years old, trying to decide. What's, what are my options? What's, what's the next thing in front of me? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a couple years of like just tragedy and bad decisions and struggling in school and didn't even know if school was important to me. Um, and then comes my junior year. (laughs) That was my freshman year, my junior year. I turned 21. And so, uh, that summer, let's say I turned 21 in April, that summer I'm home and I am getting ready to head back to school for, for the fall and decide to stop in and have a beer with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and out of nowhere my brother's wife comes crying in where I'm having a beer bawling she sees my car out front comes flying into this bar yelling that they're telling me that Mitch has just been killed in a car accident truck driving accident shocked right yeah my brother Mitch who was my who was my uh, second oldest brother he would have been 59 now was killed in a truck driving accident hours earlier. Um, in Kentucky, he was a truck driver, uh, was coming upon a construction zone, had to make some moves to, not, to avoid it, and ended up crashing his truck and being killed. So in uh, August, July, Uh, I I believe that was in 1990, Uh, I lose my brother. Freshman year, I lose my dad. My junior year of college, I lose my brother. And again, we're a very close-knit. So not to go through that whole how that day transpired, but the only thing that happened, or the one thing that did happen on that day that had a huge impact on me was I was the one left to call my mom who lived in Ohio to tell her that... Her son was just killed. She not only lost her husband two years ago, and now she lost a son. And I can just, I can, I relive that phone call in my head every day, every day. So uh, the that was just another... I wouldn't even call it a hurdle, man, because I don't even I don't even know how I don't even know how you <laughs> kind of get over that, right? You're like you see this little sure. hurdle, and oh, I'm just gonna lift my leg and get up over it. And it wasn't like that. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. I would say. I would say today. You know. Where I am now in life, I mean, there's. From the, those traumas that I grew up in. Yeah. I'm still peeling layers, of stuff from me that uh, has been buried for a really really long time sure. so in that tragedy we'll try to pull this right back to the whole fitness thing and I promise
1: well, that's fine. is yeah.
3: is that you know I I pl- I think I played baseball at early in college I was probably hundred and ninety pounds when I when all of this happened in my life, I probably made my way up to 210, 212 pounds, something like that. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to some of those yeah. so those images that I see of myself back in those times, and I can just see the that person that shallow, hollow person that really did not have any focus or drive or Understanding of where where do you get focus and drive? Yeah, just seemed to be taken from me. So after my back at that, so I I again I had had gained a lot of weight. I was I just was my nutrition was poor. My lifestyle was poor. My decision making in life was poor. Um, had had just I was just lost. Right.
2: Sure.
3: So when I found my field of exercise physiology, right? When I decided yeah. right. that, okay, I had this interest in exercise and kind of how the body adapts to that and changes and whatever comes of that. Um, I realized that my dad had, was, was overweight, died of, a, died of something that potentially could have been avoided if he lived a healthier lifestyle, but he passed away at 52 years old. And then I discovered that his brother, my uncle, my uncle Doyle, passed away, had a massive heart attack at 54, uh, overweight. And then my grandfather, who I never met, their dad, died at 51. Mm. Right? Mm. And I was like, well, <laughs> we all have something in common. I'm a weaver. I'm yeah. related to those guys. <laughs> right? Right? Is that the finish line for me? You know, here at 20 years old, I'm thinking, is that my finish line, 50 years old? And something clicked in me when I started to do, when I started to think through that whole timeline with those with my dad and my uncle and my grandfather. And I made a decision when I started studying later in school into my field that it was my mission every day every day that I was going to pass that finish line pass the age of 50 and so my story is is that I didn't come out of my (laughs) I wasn't born onto this earth running and riding and Mm -hmm. swimming and training and exercising every day I am just like everybody else I am I am just as common as everybody that I train as I've been in contact with as I coach mm-hmm. that when you start from ground zero and you try to make something of yourself and it's it's like I look back at that person I remember I did my first half marathon in 1993 and it was not a pretty it was not a pretty sight and some people have seen pictures from that Uh, it's on my wall in my office because I never ever want to forget
0: was it here or was it
3: it was in Louisville it was in Louisville, Kentucky and I had gone by myself Uh, it was raining I didn't have anybody there with me Um, I, I remember also because in the picture I have this athletic tape wrapped around my ankle and the reason I have that athletic tape around my ankle is because I had nobody to hold my car keys and my running shorts, oh. my running shorts, oh. <laughs> my running shorts did not have pockets. Right. <laughs> so the no. only thing I could think of was tape my key to my ankle wow. because we had to take buses up to the start line. That at that time they bust you up into sure. into a park and then you ran downtown <laughs> and then uh-huh. you got in your car. Um, okay. And before then, yeah, before then, so that was kind of like that was that was my launch off point for for just exercising in, in general. Like, that's, yeah. just, that's just as far as what I could think. Like, I had this knowledge base with my schooling, but in terms of putting it in practice for myself, that still was a challenge for yeah. me. Uh, yeah. But I, th- I think if I look at it, at as, as myself, like in the big picture, kind of what I was practicing in life yeah. Did not match my knowledge base, right? The way I was living life was all based on tragedy and survival and uh instinct that was developed in like really quick. Yeah, you
1: were forced
3: to. Forced to. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. And uh it took it took a really long time for me to apply the knowledge base. Wow with this new like new avenue of survival. So now it's not like a day-to-day survival, how do I get myself out of the doldrums, right? And the depression of, of losing, you know, two really important people in my family. Yeah. It now became this mission of how I was going to live past the age of fifty. Yeah, okay. So that picture I told my wife the other day in a moment of of uh, peeling back my layers. <laughs> and I still I still to this day have conversations with her and she's always trying to, bless her heart, she's always just trying to like find a little bit more and I'm, yeah. I'm a very guarded, reserved type of person. And um, you know, we just had this really great moment on our way to dinner in the car about a month ago and I just like started letting things out about that time. You know, she knows all that history, but, you know, there's yeah. always details within the details, sure. that, and the details that even the kind of, like, pop up into your head sure. um, on occasion. And, you know, I have that picture of, in Louisville, which yeah. is not, if you looked at that athlete running, is not the same athlete that you see today running. Yeah. Sure. And I, I tell her, I was like, that is the person I'm running from Every day, so when people see me training, I get that a lot like I see you everywhere, I see you training every day, every day, every day, and it's not just because you know I want to go win a race
1: sure
3: it's because maybe I want to win today, and to me, if I'm in the pool or I'm on my bike or i'm, I'm running yeah. i'm doing I'm engaged into one of those or all of them It doesn't matter to me, I can do it all I would. I promise you, Colin, yeah. that 95% of the time, it's because I'm running from that guy. Yeah. I know what that guy went through. Yeah. I know what he did to himself to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what's happened to his family. Uh, and it is this fear that if I let that go, yeah. I'm, I'll make a U-turn and I'll head right back in that direction. Yeah. And it's been like that for, 30, let's say, 30, 30 years now. I mean, I've been racing competitively in sports, like a 5K, let's just call it, my first yeah. 5K, was 28 years. So even before I found racing, this 5K, half-marathon, yeah. triathlon stuff, I was exercising to try to make myself healthier. And so it's been over 28 years, thirty, maybe 30 years, of this race I'm in, (laughs) this training program I'm in, to run away from that guy. I don't ever wanna forget the past because I think what I went through at that time, at that age, it took me a really long time to discover, and I would say within the last five, six years almost, like discover who Ben Weaver is as a person, as a human being as a coach, as a trainer, as a husband, as a dad, as you name it, everything, right? It just, it took that long for me to, all the delays that I felt happened from a maturity standpoint, life decision standpoint, self esteem standpoint, all started then. And it's been this long journey of over time, overcoming all those challenges that I had all that loneliness I had, all of that, to be able to, you know, be here today having an incredibly successful business to coach and train young and adult athletes to try to help them achieve their goals. But I think the biggest thing, one of the things I really want to take away from this, this discussion with you is, or I want others to take away from it, is that I'm Ben Weaver, the coach and trainer, but I'm also Ben Weaver just like you, just like everybody else that stands in front of me with challenges and frustrations and uh, the end of the road, uh, starting from zero. Their goal seems so far out of reach and um, that I'm more relatable on that level to my clients and future clients than I am relatable to what I do from a competitive standpoint in triathlon or cycling or running, anything like that. Like, that's just the benefit I get for myself from the lifestyle I yeah. lead and led, right? That's not for anybody else. People know what I do, but that's not for anybody else. Just be, it's because of my mission in life for myself to heal myself. Yeah. The benefit is I can go race and compete and have a good right. time doing that. Yeah. But even if that wasn't there, I would still do what I do. Yeah. I would still train every day. Wow. I would still be on the rivet trying to challenge myself on a daily basis because I'm still running from that guy that's hanging in my office.
0: You do a good job at it, I can tell you that.
3: Thank you. Which part? The train, All of it. Yeah, all of it. Basically, you,
0: you train amazing. I, I'm always so amazed when I walk into your gym every day and you train so good.
3: Thank you. I take it I'm a, it's a big passion of mine. I mean yeah. that's I mean that's the I think the whole evolution of um talking you know get when I started this whole um th- this journey to live yeah. make it to my 50 year old finish line. Yeah. Um kind of this discovering myself as an athlete, discovering yeah. the nuances of programming for myself and yeah. and how other uh athletes or adults Respond to training. I think over that time, really kind of helped. Oh, uh, create a knowledge base or build a knowledge base of the programming in. So what you see now when you and your mom come in yeah. and walk into the gym on the floor,
0: it wasn't like that before.
3: No, well, it's just been, it's been like this evolution of. I'm really comfortable. Like, you know, I would be really comfortable if what you see is a hundred percent. Yeah, you take fifty percent of that energy and, and the programming and the size of yeah. it, that's what it was like years ago. Yeah. And then I would get comfortable with that and then I would maybe move it up to six, You know, now it's like 60% of what you see. And it was just like this uh, growing comfortable in my own skin yeah. to be able to program correctly and cue correctly yeah. have relationships with my clients correctly in terms of being able to understand their uh, their demeanor and their desires and their wants and their moods and you know all types of things like that uh, that has led over time to where what you see today and i'm excited to see what's going to happen
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: next like right down the road you know what what's going to yeah. happen the next phase so
0: how do you plan your workouts like the night before what the people do in the gym
3: yep i get that a lot uh so Programming, to me, uh, is probably where I have the most stress, Yeah. right? I mean, when I think about, when I drive to the gym on a Monday morning, or I drive to the gym on a Thursday morning, because those are typically when programs for the week change. Yeah. It's not, I mean, my drive is a four-minute drive, but in those four minutes, I am in angst that the program I created is gonna be exciting, challenging, enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I've had it for 16 years and I can tell you that there has not been one morning that I've awakened, headed to the gym and not have been stressed. And I want that stress. I want that. I want that anxiety because I think that that energizes me to give them the best. It's never I don't ever want a watered down version of what I do. Um, But how I create those is. We're training and exercise the exercise you see we're not we're not reinventing the wheel yeah right there's there's millions and millions of exercises out there and there's ways to stack exercises and put put exercises together yeah. and and intervals together and and you know sure. intensities together oh. and so what i try to do is have a little bit of everything within that hour yeah so we do some interval work we do some high intensity interval work We do some strength training work we do a little bit of flexibility where we work on range of motion within the exercise um and so it it varies so much like if if i have high intensity interval training for the day well you know we have 20 different things that we can use for high intensity interval training the -hmm. same with strength training if strength training is our focus for the day there's a hundred things we could do for strength training and so it's a matter of just kind of picking and choosing where I want my energies to be, where I want their focus to be, what the intensity levels for the week should be. Because you know sometimes I look back on a previous week or two weeks before and see what the trend was. You know Where, where were we headed lately? Were we doing a lot of high intensity interval work and now is it time to slow down and do some strength-based work? And then vice versa. Yeah. So the more, flexible I can be and creative I can be um, the better and I typically all my all my workouts go on a big marker board multiple marker boards five of them now and I'll take pictures of those workouts and so I archive those know when we did those and I can pull them out and sometimes I'll combine boards together that I've seen in the past um, but that's kind of the the thought process and, and how I create yeah. those.
1: That's super. If I may, um, thinking about your story, mm-hmm. uh, when we were talking, i been asking about physical fitness and many of the many ways in which you've excelled in that. Um, I just want to say that the emotional fitness that I think you've demonstrated, just by being yeah. able to tell your story, I, I think Colin and I and many others really appreciate that yeah definitely thank you hope that you thank you any peace you found is is thank you because i think you know i think all of us at some point have had some sort of event that maybe has changed that our lives shaped us in some way Mm -hmm. but to hear your story and to hear how you have geared your life in that way just simply being able to to tell the story i just want to say thank you very much thank you much thank respect you. is there <laughs> thank to you do that Let's. Right? Yes. It, it it's the
3: first time I've ever done it in public and we'll we'll say Colin's podcast is public yeah
1: so, mm-hmm. for many years mm-hmm.
3: to hear. I've shared that story with with clients before um, in in say an email or yeah. a note, but I've never have voiced it in this manner, and so you know I hope it I want it to come across as it's a very emotional thing for me. Sure. And I would imagine that I'm sitting here with a front as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've shared the story with others and I've been broken down in tears and bawling my eyes out while I'm trying to share the story. So what, whatever guard I have up now is probably the same guard that I've lived with for the last 30 years. Uh Right. When I, when Uh I kind of felt like I was on my own, it was, it was me against the world. And Uh so, um, I want it to come across as just a really emotional piece of me that, that yeah. it may come across as, as um, academic, right? Or it's just, it's really, you know, I can, right. I can bullet point these, these things that happen in my life. Yeah. But I also think that's a self preservation and a guard for myself that I, I probably still hold really tight to my chest.
1: Well, what an honor,
0: Colin. Yeah, and this right? is yeah, this is a true honor. This, Thanks, is, buddy. this is this now is. Now you awesome. really know me. Yeah, this is yeah, <laughs> <Then>. I, yeah.
3: <laughs> now we got to go to basketball games together. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I, <laughs>
0: I'll take you to a couple of my games. And... <laughs> seriously,
3: seriously, yeah, it's yeah, what
1: an honor, right? Yeah, thank no, you whatever. so much. Yeah, yeah thank you. Your, your strength again, both physically and emotionally, yeah. is something to admire.
0: Some people may be willing to go to the gym or gyms may be closed. Any tips for any safe effective workout to do at home?
3: Well, thankfully, we're hoping that COVID's on its <laughs> way out, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll cross our fingers yeah. and who knows what what you hear is correct, but we're all just gonna say that it's on its way out. But you know, if I can just share what happened with Epic, you know, in that time frame of, of COVID last year, um, where the facility where I trained athletes and and my clients uh, was shut down and for for a month and then actually when it was brought back the next month we were very scaled back in terms of the numbers one the numbers that would come back in right and then the numbers we were allowed to have um so if i just if i just speak from a trainer and what I was able to do for my clients is I was able to create some programming that they could do at home I would send them the programs that they would they would do I would check in with them every week and we would just cycle these workouts over time uh, which seemed to work really really well and I think a lot of of my clients at least began to take on new challenges and goals for themselves that they really yeah. didn't think that was possible. Maybe they took up running, maybe they took up cycling, maybe they, you know, whatever the case may be. But at least they were able to take what we do, say from the programming end of kind of, uh, and what they get from Epic is my programming, and I was able to translate that out into things they could do at home. So we were able to keep people engaged into the program that way, uh, where they didn't have to go to my gym or a health club or something of that nature. For myself, how I dealt with COVID, because as, a, yeah. as an athlete that races quite a bit in triathlon, that all of our races were taken away. There was, there was no racing. And um, I ended up taking on, like I say, remember the story I told where I'm always running from that guy that's yeah. on of my office, right? Yeah. COVID can't stop me from running from that guy. <laughs> Every day I still ran from that guy. It just so happened that I started to do things a little bit bigger and more intense because I don't know if it's because COVID was involved. I didn't have any racing to worry about. I could just go run as far and fast from that guy as I could. So I ended up setting these really big physical challenges up for myself. Running, you know, I set up a goal to run 100 kilometers, which is 62 miles. I trained for that and did that on my own. I I did a 200-mile ride in a day. The funny story about that 200-mile ride was... Les, my wife, Leslie, uh, we're, we woke up that morning, we're eating breakfast, and she goes, so what are you going to do today? I was like, I don't know. I, was, I think I'm going to go ride a couple hundred miles. And she's like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah,
0: just That gun dry, when I
3: share that story, they're like, what? Yeah, it's just kind of one of those things <laughs> yeah. that so if you're going like, to ask me what I'm going to do that day, there's really nothing off off the table that, that I will do so yeah so I went out and did that but I I think a lot of my clients did that for themselves right yeah. they set up challenges for themselves that out of out of the confines of an event or signing up for something they took on those challenges of you know maybe somebody had never ran a half marathon and so they would do these virtual half marathons or or a marathon or whatever the case may be or or went and learn to swim in a lake or, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. So I think what people really needed to decide for themselves when COVID hit was, it ended up having to be about you, right? I mean, you were going to have to find the yeah. drive and the motivation to be able to get off the couch because you didn't have any place to go. Now you didn't ha- you couldn't come in to see me. You couldn't go to a health club. It had to be you waking up, putting both feet on the floor and making a decision what you're going to do to better yourself that yeah. day. And it's really, I mean, there's, there's so many things that people can try to grab hold of that, that you're looking for someplace else or for somebody else. But unless it comes directly from your drive and your heart and soul wanting to make that change, yeah. even in a moment, and even in time like COVID, um, it really just has to come from you.
1: Yeah, I take some notes. Yeah, this is this is good. <laughs> right, this is great. Hang on, hang on that
0: was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, basically the next question I have is, what's the most important part of a good nutritional health and healthy dieting?
3: Um, man, that's like the million dollar question. Isn't yeah it? So, just because I am not a nutritionist, I just yeah. want to make sure I have that as a disclaimer. Yeah. Is I think no. I'm a firm believer that the only diet that works and the nutrition philosophy that works is the one that's successful yeah. for you. For you, long term. Yeah. You can grab hold of any name of a diet, whether it's low carb, Mediterranean, yeah. you, know, you name it. Uh, they all have the same approach. Eliminate yeah. processed foods, things in bags and boxes, mm-hmm. prioritize your lean proteins, fruits, and vegetables. very, very simple, yeah, and it's approach I live for myself. I don't attach any name to the way I eat i yeah. don't attach I don't encourage anybody to yeah. attach a name to the way they eat. You can walk into the grocery store and pick the right foods to eat on your own without somebody telling you yeah. that you have to follow this approach by this name to pick the right foods. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so without getting into those kind of details, if I can just encourage people to um, keep it really simple for yourself, right? Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep the proteins. That would be like your animal proteins, your chicken and your fish and you know, your lean beefs and those type of things, as well as your fruits and vegetables.
0: Usually people don't like eating chicken and stuff, but you have to force yourself to eat it.
3: Well, I think it's important that rather than think for, you're right. I mean, if it's not something that you enjoy, I'm not talking like a plain chicken breast, but there are ways to prepare food that tastes really good. And and, it's healthy too. And it's healthy too, right? And it's not, it's... It's it's not always simple to prepare that way, yeah. but if, if that is important to you, yeah. if nutrition, good nutrition, healthy eating is important to you, then whatever it takes to make that happen will happen. Yeah. I am a huge proponent of will and yourself and accountability, yeah. right? If you don't wanna do it, I can't change you to do it. Yeah. I'm not gonna twist your arm right. to go eat well, yeah. right? I can encourage you to do that and say stay away from these type of things. But unless somebody's gonna take it upon themselves yeah. to follow kind of those simple steps, do a little food prep, make sure you're choosing the, the correct things at the grocery store, then I don't go to the grocery store with my clients and I'm probably not gonna start that <laughs> at any <laughs> given point. Because if yeah. that person doesn't have, if it's not that important, yeah. then why should, why should we address it so much, right? If yeah. you're not willing to take the stage and make those changes yourself. It's your choice. It's your choice, yeah. right? Yeah so you know what is the best what is the most appropriate i think it's the i think it's the one if your weight loss is your goal i think it's the nutrition program that helps you lose weight long term that you can stick to long term that it's not a fad diet it's not something you're going to drop 10 pounds and then be back to what you were doing before it's sustainable over time that's the key
2: yeah i think
1: as someone calling maybe you know this as someone who has Done the fad diets in the past, lost five pounds, and celebrated by gaining ten more. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's well like a party. Yep. That's, Sounds like a party. That's well said. What do you, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's the way. Yeah, you that's, know
0: that's definitely well said. And then this next question, oh, I hate to admit it. Oh yes. This is this is the one thing I hate to admit. I have a hard time staying hydrated. How important is it to stay well hydrated? and you how do you stay hydrated during a workout
2: mm.
3: well having a bottle on sitting right next to you is a good way to to start right yeah <laughs> um you know it it's a ugh, hydration it has a it has a ton of benefits yeah right even in the weight loss programs but i think i think having s- you can set goals for yourself yeah right is one way to do that you know you have your Green Bay Packer bottle sitting next to you, and to make sure that that thing's empty by 10 o'clock in the morning,, Yeah, and then if your goal is to drink three of those, make sure your next one's finished by two o'clock. Yes, and kind your of next yeah. one's finished yeah. by bedtime, that type of thing. Yes. Um, yeah. What I see a lot of anymore, especially if, again, because in my existence, it's my clients, yeah. and then me. <laughs> but what I see in my clients a lot is. You know, yeah. cups and hands yeah. uh, in the gym, I see bottles that are used in the gym as well as they try to make sure those are filled up yeah. throughout the day. And I think, you know, especially yeah. as the weather's beginning to turn into the warmer weather, it's definitely hydration important. Yeah. is critical. Yeah. Um, and then as we begin to exercise outside more and sweat more, I think setting those those goals with yourself is always having a bottle available, making sure you're filling it up often and always have it close by, right? Yeah. Always have it close by.
1: Yeah, well, I think you also may have kind of answered it before too, right? If you don't want to, or if you haven't made the choice to do it.
3: That's right, who, With, if, that's you, right. You can't sit here and tell us, right? Like, right, yeah. Yeah. I think Lori Boer can testify yeah. that I will not push yes. anybody to do anything they don't want to do. If yeah. you want to do it, you're not going to find a bigger teammate, captain, coach for you yeah. than me, yeah. if you want to do it. But I am not going to twist your arm yeah. to make it happen. Right on at all. Okay. Respect. All. That's
1: that's a that's a good mindset yeah. shift, I yeah. think, for yep. us, right? As we think about it. Who by the way, you want who's Lori Boer?
0: My mom yeah. Mom, <laughs> the Boer champ himself. It's the champ. <laughs> yeah. Shout out
1: to her, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well cool. Shoot, Colin, I think we we have been challenged, if nothing yes. else, to to make to have the will to do these things, right?
0: Are you ready to solve the debate?
1: I feel like I need to go, on. oh yes, yes. Solve the debate. Why don't you take us to our next question?
0: Okay, Ben, thank you for being on our show, for sure. I Thank just wanted you to for s- having me. You're welcome. Thank I just wanted to say that before me. I ask this. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. This is the debate we want <laughs> you to solve, please. What's the score right now? <laughs> I have no idea. So what's your stance again? You know, what's your, I, it's not. You say it, it is a sandwich. It's it has, a sandwich.
3: It has two pieces of bread. <laughs> right there's something between two pieces of bread yep
1: can i can i throw something out there yeah. yep you can i brought up the idea that maybe it's a taco oh. <laughs>
3: mm. i mean it shapes like a taco yep it eats like a taco
1: <laughs> yep yep i mean noah
0: it could be a taco <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a weird. point for me i think that's what i heard <laughs> yep
0: and uh i love it i just, uh I like it was it. it was an honor Thank for you to be you. on here and uh, have a great day and, uh, I hope
3: it was content that, that's helpful to you guys and oh your yeah, audience definitely. and definitely. if my clients when my clients have a chance to hear just the, the people who know me but yeah. know, that they do not know me well yeah. hopefully it gives them some insight into definitely. kind of a little bit of background about me yeah. Absolutely. so thank you for giving me a, 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 a stage to yeah. present that it was our honor yeah, yeah. I think
1: anyone listening to this yeah. Gleam something from it, yep. for sure. Yep. Thanks, guys.
3: Yep. Thank you so much. Yep. You're welcome. Thank you, buddy.
1: Yep. Add that flag there, and
0: then I'm going to press the stop button. People, I just once again want to give a big shout-out to Mr. Ben Weevil. He was so kind to give his time to do an interview yesterday, and uh, I just, was it was a big honor. And uh, you can find him on Instagram at epic coaching and training and you can find him on facebook at benjamin weaver and uh thank you for tuning in and uh love you guys thank you